Mr. Speaker. Yes, it's Friday morning, it's 8.30, so that means it's time for politics this morning. John Moore and Sarah Martin. Morena to you both. Morena. How are we? Oh, that's right, that's right. This is Aphex Twin with Rhubarb. It's the name of the track. And Sarah, it's the holidays, so um, you'll be resting up at home. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we we, we want to pretend, right, that, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy... walk in the park. Yeah, right. it's a walk in the park, exactly. Is that too many walks in the park, to be honest? Go, go get out of the house all the time. Yeah, no, it's either that or Monopoly. Yeah, ruining my afternoon nap is what they're really doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. Right, we better get into what we're talking about, which is politics. Um, Simon Bridges. He's on a bridge to nowhere. Um, it just, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, oh, well, actually, I don't want to make the comparison to Kevin now, but they both look bloody useless in front of the camera. Um, so, what's going on, John? Yeah, so is he a dead man walking? Um, this week hasn't been a good one for Simon Bridges. There's been another leak from the National Party uh, regarding the scope of the investigation into a previous leak that's not just targeting MPs but is t- now apparently targeting parliamentary staff and non-parliamentary staff as well. Um, we've also had Jamie Lee Ross, senior national MP, uh, take leave for several months. Um, we're not being told exactly why and of course there's speculations that Jamie Lee Ross was actually the uh, original leaker. Um, uh, media pundits have argued that Simon Bridges again didn't handle this very well, especially when he said it was a, a quote-unquote very embarrassing reason why Jamie Lee Ross was taking leave um, and um, as you said there's questions about uh, how competent Simon Bridges is in front of the television screen and I don't know if you saw the little video that's just come out of him uh, uh, pretending to be a supermarket salesperson. Uh, I assume that was from uh, Ben and jo- uh, Ben and jo- Jono, Jono and Ben. Indeed, indeed, and I, I think there'll be questions over there if he went a bit too far with his jokey persona, especially when he starts passing through uh, vegetables and products with his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I assume I haven't watched it, but I know that thing. And 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 Jacinda has been on it mm. before in the past too, and I assume that's what they told him to do. With, exactly, you know, and that's yep. what he's done. Yeah, you know, he's trying to appeal to the young audience that watch that show. Um, yeah, well, Jamie Lee Ross, it's funny, he's a senior minister. We don't know who he is, uh, to be honest. He's one of those ones in the background. But other than the embarrassing comments, Sarah, I mean, he's doing a bad job at assuring the public that it's not Jamie Lee Ross. Oh, he is. He is. I felt, I, it's unusual for me to feel sorry for a National Party MP, but I just suck for Jamie Lee Ross. Yeah. Although I'm very glad he's got a good employer who allows him you know, time off to deal with his... Um, mental health issues or his his health issues and um, I hope that the National Party will start voting in favour of um, legislating for people to have time off when they need it which they haven't in the past but you know, I'm, I'm glad that we as taxpayers are supporting that mm. um, look I, I don't know I mean it is it is unfortunate I think it was handled badly and obviously I think there will be 
um, implications and and ongoing problems around this because he did humiliate one of his MPs. Yes. Um, yeah, regardless of what Jamie Lee Ross's problems are or his needs are, they are personal and private. And, um, uh, who knows whether it was deliberate or a slip of a tongue, but he did humiliate one of his MPs in a way that wasn't particularly, um, didn't make him look good. Mm. I mean, um, Simon Bridges looks like one of those um, fellows that will, you know, get, get a lot of brow sweat and have to loosen his collar and his tie in the middle of a, you know, being on TV. He's like, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know if you guys know Gil from The Simpsons, but it's the classic <laughs> Gil. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, when you, John, when you don't, when you see a leader like that, how do you have confidence in the party as mm. a whole? I mean, because he's the face, and what he's oozing right now, and what he's showing the public, is someone that's not exactly handling a situation, a stressful situation, but a situation that a party leader will be in all the time. He's not handling it well. So, how no. can he give? Of course, he's going to have you know the, the staunch National Party backers, except for the you know, unless they're gunning for Judith to take over. But we'll get to Judith. Um, but you know, how it can't be that confident-inducing. No, and it can't be that. Uh, it can't be building confidence in this caucus either in shallow cabinet. Uh, Chris Trotter, using quite old school language, said that he was a boy doing a man's job, um, and I. I <laughs> <laughs> And I think there's uh yeah there's truth to that that um uh, that he he he's not a natural born leader um and especially how he's handled this whole leak episode that was something that um uh, it embarrassed Simon Bridges information about uh, money that he he had spent uh in his electorates and travelling around the country um but he. Uh, any competent leader, and I presume any competent advisers around him, should have said, "We want to drop this. Yeah. We don't want it to be an ongoing issue." The only person who's made it an ongoing issue is Simon Bridges by calling for um, an, an investigation, extending that investigation, um, and then with yeah, with the uh, Jamie Lee Ross resignation again, he's he's caused more speculation by the type of language he used in, in discussing Jamie Lee Ross taking leave, and like you said, you know, talking about uh, this being an embarrassing situation and almost sort of uh, a situation where the lady does protest too much yes. like going on and on again that no Jamie Lee Ross is not the leaker this has no relationship with the inquiry etc etc and that just draws people into the saga more and and c keeps that uh, the, the whole um, circus around this investigation it keeps it ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's very Trump-esque isn't it Sarah? Hmm. Well, you know, he looks like he does look like a man who's hell-bent um, on revenge. I think it's going fair that he the, the decision to undertake this investigation is the leak, and then it's just allowed the the wound fester really. But he does he does a bit hell-bent on revenge and finding out who's a leaker and some hell or high water, no matter what kind of political damage it causes him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that respect, I guess the kind of letting his um, he's seeming to be pretty emotionally engaged yeah yeah he's taking it a bit too personally yeah yeah and you can't really do that in this game but um you know judith will be smelling blood no oh. doubt <laughs> Indeed. oh exactly exactly i mean she'll be embarrassed for the party uh 
I think she'll be very happy with what's going on. I mean, she's got she's got uh, desires for uh, leadership. I mean, of course, the the conspiracy theory, um, which I'm not endorsing, but the conspiracy theory is that Judith Collins is really behind all these uh, uh, leaks and divisions that she's using other people. She's very certainly very very close to Jamie Lee Ross. Uh, so then again, the speculation is that was Jamie Lee Ross the leaker, original leaker? Uh, was Judith Collins uh, working and conspiring with him? And remember, Judith Collins is also very close friends with Cameron Slater from Whale Oil, um, uh, who is um, yeah quite quite a uh, conspiratorial type figure as well. So um, uh, conspiracies do happen. Uh, and uh, maybe we do have one here and maybe we're going to see Judith Collins as the next national leader and not uh, in, a, uh, in the maybe sometime in the immediate future fun fun uh, right New Zealand first Clayton Mitchell uh, he put in a well, there was a conference over the weekend New Zealand first conference he put in this uh, New Zealand values bill uh, it was voted on at the conference. I guess it's going to go forward. Put the biscuit tin. The bill outlines perceived values, um, so, but so, you know some of them are fantastic. You know, you know, uh, you know they're, they're against. Uh, I mean, they want equality and religion and freedom of pe- you know and, and people and and all that kind of stuff. Stuff that the New Zealand First voted um, um, members have voted against in the past, yes. mind you. Um, but you know what they're the values that they're putting out things like that they're already written into New Zealand law um, so you've got to know if you're coming to the country you've got to obey the, the, the laws of the land so if you're going to uh, put a hate speech against you know, homosexuality or any, mm-hmm. anything like that then you're breaking the laws against New Zealand values either. anyway but you know the f- hearing foreign language in a cafe or bar you know that's blatantly racist and um, it, and sorry to say, but it is very, very focused on New Zealand First core base of elderly and uh, perhaps maybe provincial voters. voters. And I, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, put that on anyone in particular, you know, but I've lived in small towns. I know what small town mm. values are like sometimes. I have elderly grandparents. They're racist as all hell. Um, it's just it's a fact of my life, so it's what I've I've seen. But I mean, what is it all about? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Jamie. Um, New Zealand First are targeting that sector of the population that still hold um, conservative values that want to go back not even to the 1960s, but beyond that to the 1950s, really. Uh, and so this is all part of that cultural war of liberal values versus conservative values. Um, but I think there's a bit of a facade or a bit of a sham with this whole um, New Zealand values bill. I think Winston Peters knows that it, it's very unlikely to get through Parliament, so it's really virtual signalling on New Zealand First part, saying um, these are our values, our Conservatives' values, and this is what we're all about. And it's also to deflect from the fact that, uh, as per usual, New Zealand First very rarely delivers when it gets into power. So New Zealand First uh, called for um, huge reductions in immigration levels. Uh, Labour was um, happy to go along with it as well before the election. Um, even the Greens at times had been um, calling for big slashes in immigration, but that's not happening now. And, and part of the reason is because business interests don't want immigration levels slashed because there's uh, you know big holes in, in terms of skilled labour out there. Um, and it, and it would possibly lead to a downturn in the economy if, if immigration levels were slashed. So New Zealand first. It's not pushing any longer 
for uh, cutting um, immigration numbers and this is just a bit of virtual signalling on their part where they can stand up strong and say to their base hey we're, we're the party that you believe in with you know conservative good old New Zealand values mm, yeah so Sarah we, um, they're saying we know you don't want uh, these other refugees coming in, this other seven hundred and fifty <laughs> refugees. We know you don't want them here, uh, so we want to make you, you know. And we had to, we went along with 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 Labour on this one. We gave them this one, but we want you to know how we really feel. Oh, absolutely! It's dog whistle politics um, at its worst. But um, you know, it's it's all very well to say it's all about equality and. Um, Progressive values, but they've got that one at the end about you have to sign up to say that you wouldn't campaign against the prohibition of alcohol, which is just weird <laughs> and, and is you know is directly aimed at it's actually directly aimed at um, people from from Islamic um, countries, so, uh, you know, who potentially who may or may not want to campaign against alcohol. I mean, it's just it's weird that that is dog whistling that that, that it's aimed at. Islamic people. It's not aimed at South Africans or English immigrants who are the majority of our immigrants. Mm. Um, it's, it's deliberately sending a message and it's Islamophobic message to um, New Zealand's first supporters. And I, I mean, I think that that's the really, you know, the really dangerous and nasty side of New Zealand's politics that is still there and um, obviously they're willing to pull on whenever they feel they need to. Um, have a boost to their polls. So, yeah, it is nasty politics. Um, I, I wonder how the Senate feel about um, their values and where, you know, whether all recent, you know, immigrants since 1840 should be signing up to say that they'll respect Māori values, which um, haven't been respected in lots of ways. So it's a, it's a farcical notion that reminds me of the Social Responsibility Bill. Um, <laughs> in the 80s or 90s, I think the national government was going to get us to all sign up to it code of conduct for our own behaviour. It's kind of weird social engineering and, um, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, well, we've got that going on at Otago University. With uh, you know the code of conduct down here, yes. and, of, and of course the language thing, you know, I mean that sounds like it's blatantly labelled. Uh, I mean, put in there for for Asian nations. Exactly, it's dog whistle politics. Where yeah, as Sarah said, that he's targeting uh, the Muslim community and Muslim immigrants, and also yeah, with the language uh, uh, stipulation that he's targeting uh, Asians, but not directly saying so. And that's very Winston Peters. I think just quickly from a philosophical point of view, we've got to ask ourselves. If we have a liberal democracy, as we do in New Zealand, and general political freedom, should we impose any type of values on, on people, even if they're very liberal values, saying, um, uh, saying that people should uh, celebrate diversity and marriage equality, and etc., etc.? Uh, if you even even if you imp- impose and put in um, a check on liberal values, you know, uh, uh, um, for immigrants or even for people living in the country, you have to have an illiberal regime. That, that penalises and punishes people for not adhering to those values. So the ironic thing is that if, yeah, if, you, if you impose liberal values on people, you need an illiberal regime to do so. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, um, let's move on to the Kavanaugh nomination. Um, Donald Trump's uh, nominee for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, has been accused of multiple sexual assaults uh, and, is, and lewd behaviours, uh, which has led to strong opposition to his appointment um, and equally strong support 
um, for him to get on. Uh, and, you know, there's those that say that the allegations are politically motivated. He himself in the Senate committee hearing uh, was saying, you know, it's the Clintons. They want revenge on Trump. Um, you know, so he, he's he's stirring up that base, that uh, right wing um, base of, you know, Hillary haters mm. and killery uh, people stirring them up, which is a g- good move from him. Um, but whether or, the thing is, from my mind, whether or not he is guilty of these crimes, and you have to be innocent to proven guilty, it doesn't matter because the way he's shown himself in this in the Senate committee, the way he came across, shows that he is not fit for office, John. Yeah, I, I think there's some legitimacy in that argument. Um, um, Let's, let's say he was completely innocent, then uh, maybe he does have the right then to show some anger and some uh, uh, disrespect for the whole process. But as you said, he's a judge and he, he would have had lots of people coming before him in the past who uh, quite well might have been innocent and accused of horrendous crimes. Uh, uh, would he have allowed them in his court to show that demeanour and lack of respect for his court? And I would suspect uh, not. Um, yeah, so, um, but let's make no doubt that this is, this is a very important process which is going on at the moment. This is determining who's going to be the new justice on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is incredibly important to the political and judicial process in America. It's the, it's the highest court of the land. And it's, a, it's the last stop for um, for uh, determining how laws should be interpreted. So, um a lot of this again is to do with the cultural wars that uh, Donald Trump's uh, Christian fundamentalist supporters want someone in the Supreme Court who who will act against or push against uh, um, the the freedom of women to uh, have control of their own bodies in regards to abortion. Um, um, Conservatives thought what the Roe versus Way uh, decision way back in the early seventies reversed, where um, where states can no longer outlaw abortion, and so yeah, this is what it's really all got to do. What it all comes down to is 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 protecting or or yeah, g- going back to those sort of more regressive times in America. Mm, yeah, Sarah. I mean, these kinds of situations go to show that some of us live in big bubbles. I live in a bubble. I know I live in a bubble, um, but there are large portions, well, equally as uh, as many people on the other side of the divide, that will say, even if he's guilty, I want him on the Supreme Court because he's going to do the things that I would like, like get rid of Roe v. Wade. Way, um, you know, they're the same people that came out and said, what, you know, or Trump. It was years ago. You know, he was younger, and you know, they're saying this about Kavanaugh. He was a teenage boy. You know, they they do silly things, you know, it's fine. That, I mean, it goes to show that we've, it seems like we've come so far only because the people around us believe in the same things as us. That's the way I, I, I'm seeing it. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I mean, I think what's happening in the States is that it's been living apart. I mean, there are strong ideological divides in the States and this appointment of, um, to the Supreme Court is a, is a pivotal a pivotal um, appointment because, as John says, it will determine um, the um, balance on the Supreme Court and whether such fundamental liberal and um, progressive decisions, such as the Roe versus Wade, which does give um, women some some degree of autonomy over their bodies in the US, I mean that's not consistent and it's 
needs to be, um, you know, there's a long way to go, but um, whether or not that will be overturned. So it is, you know, it's the centre there is a huge ideological debate and conflict happening in the United States. And I think perhaps it's not just that we're in a bubble, but in New Zealand, um, we don't, we don't, at the moment, we're not having um, this kind of outright political fight, you know, over ideas and political beliefs. And at the moment, we kind of still, most politics are kind of still hovering around the centre and we don't have strong polarising debates at the moment. But I think you're right, there's a huge ideological debate happening there. And I think the, the problem with um, Kavanaugh is he has, in his outburst, which was extraordinary and as John said, he wouldn't have allowed that in his own court. He's he showed that he is a partisan person, you know, his true partisan um, position and his Republican um, loyalties came out. His, his, you know, he despises the Democrats. He thinks it's a huge Democratic conspiracy. And, and I think that makes him unfit for the position of the Supreme Court in which you are supposed to be non-partisan. It is supposed to be an appointment above politics. Uh, you know, and for women whose who, who's very right to control their bodies is, is possibly jeopardised by their appointment, this was already a really tense and charged and important decision. And, and for it to come out that he's potentially also spent many years of his life doing, you know, in a sexually abusive activities is, um, is, is you know, it's, 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 not, it's, very, it's really worrying for women. Yeah, I mean, even th things like what Trump has said and things like, um, you know, they've interviewed some focus groups and I watched it on C-SPAN and in all the breaks they were getting, you know, um, they've got three different um, phone lines, so one for Democrats, one for uh, Republicans and one for independents, um, you know, people that are, that are listening. And what I, I, what people were saying, what some on the right were saying, was really putting it, uh, pushing the the goodness that we've achieved um and, and confidence in the system way back you know there's going to be so many young girls that are out there listening to that that um mm. something may have happened to or may happen to in the future that may not want to come forward now and may not think yeah. that there is a path because they won't be believed you know they won't be believed and even if they are believed they feel like the power is still yeah. with the man it's well i mean you know it's the, the number of cases of um for rape and sexual assault that get actually get prosecuted and then get um, convicted on are incredibly low because of all the obstacles that lie in the way to, to those um, to those cases. And hearing and seeing Donald Trump mock um, Ford, Blasey Ford, um, in the way he did at a public rally was it was appalling. It was, as you say, sending a strong message that if you um, actually are brave enough to set, you know, pursue a charge of rape or sexual assault and stand up in the court then you are li liable to be mocked and mocked by the president i mean that was appalling yeah absolutely appalling and john um i mean the the fbi investigation is finished now the so-called mm -hmm. investigation um and it's it, it, it's just it's a farce just like his appearance <laughs> really to be honest his appearance is for the filibustering and evading uh and, and snapping back uh he was hostile the fbi investigation they haven't been interviewing uh witnesses that can may be able to corroborate the the mm. evidence on the part of uh, especially on the part of deborah ramirez uh but also they didn't even interview um professor ford 
Yeah, I think it is a fast FBI um, investigation, and a lot of that's got to do with the, the limits that have been placed on it by uh, Donald Trump, and, and the time limit. I mean, it's a, it's absurd to just have a, have a few days to make a to make a decision or to investigate claims of, of sexual abuse. It's it's outrageous. Yeah. How can they even put limits on these kinds of investigations? How can, how is that even legal? Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the the constitutional process of, of a president asking for an investigation. Um, I mean, of course, any uh, police department or, or or federal department can carry out further investigations if if if, uh, if they believe there's um, concrete proof or or uh, uh, there is reliable information to say that Kevin R did was involved in sexual abuse. And that'll be interesting if he does get nominated to the Supreme Court, and then more concrete information comes out. Out and investigations are carried out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a complete circus. Um, yeah, I guess the thing that disturbs me the most about this is the partisan nature of it, and it, it feels like to me both conservatives and liberals in America have lost their soul. Um, the, the fact that conservatives just immediately back Kavanaugh, and, and, and you know, um, Christian people with strong religious and spiritual beliefs are prepared to back Kavanaugh and presume his innocence and rally against uh, idiot accusations of guilt really sh- purely because he's one of they see him as one of theirs I think that's partisan and I think it's um immoral and and let's not forget liberals in America are prepared to do the same we've we've had um Bill Clinton has uh, been accused of sexual abuse and rape by several women does that mean he's guilty we, we should presume his innocence as such in a legal sense, but again, r- liberals rallied behind um, uh, the Clintons um, and, 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 and pushed the idea that they were, were innocent, that was a right-wing conspiracy, purely because Bill Clinton they see as one of theirs again. Uh, and the, um, So, yeah, deciding on uh, accusations of rape and sexual abuse based on uh, the person who's been accused of on their political beliefs and ideology is deeply immoral in my view and again mm. I think mm. both conservatives and liberals have lost their soul in America yeah I mean they're doing anything they can do they don't care about the guilty side of it mm. they want their person, their person yeah, yeah, yeah. And, their, yeah, and their perceived views and uh, and yeah, and you're right. And, and you know, when it came to Clinton, that was happening. You know, accusations were coming out when he was the governor of Arkansas. This mm. is before he was elected as well. It's not like this was happening after he was elected or after he left office or after the Monica Mono- mm. Lewinsky, um, you know, um, thing came out. This, in which he lied about. You know, yes. Um, this was happening way, way back. Mm. You know, in, in his college days. So mm. uh, as well. Um, so you're totally right about that. I didn't, you know, I didn't even stop thinking about that one during this. But um, yeah, the FBI. Well, we, we've run out of time. I just want to po- point out there that only one, only one copy of the re- FBI report has been ama- available to Congress. One copy. Mm. So they're not even going to get enough time yeah, to read shocking. it. You know, this is this is what they do. You know, this is mm. full of bustering on the finest of levels. Uh, well, well, you just hope that there'll be enough people who um, have concerns about the process, at the very least, yes. to um, oppose his appointment. Well, I, uh, exactly. I mean, just just his performance within that room is enough to say no. Mm. And there's and the other thing, the one thing I don't get is there's enough like Brett Kavanaugh's out there in terms of uh, beliefs that uh, were in that 25 strong list of candidates that could easily fill the gap. So mm. I don't know why they're really pushing for Brett on this one, eh? It's interesting. All right, uh, but thank you to you both. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank Talk you. again next week. All right.